podcasting from Chico, California, tucked in between some of Northern California's best freshwater fisheries. This is the Barbless Podcast, a podcast about NorCal fly fishing, guiding, fisheries management, and sustainability. If you have ideas or any questions for the show, leave the guys a voice message on the Barbless Podcast hotline, area code 530-636-2523. Also check out http colon slash slash podcast.barbless.co, where you can download past episodes and show notes. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at barbless.co and connect with them on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash barbless.co. Here's your hosts, Chad Alderson and Nick Hanna. Fish on. The, the, uh, rains. The rains, I guess. The real on this one. Uh, with us today is Greg Shaw and Justin Bilbao. They are with GuideBoxDirect.com. How are you guys doing? Doing good, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us. And yeah, uh, there's also a guy sitting to my right. You guys may have heard of him before, Hogan Brown. Yep. The Striper Whisperer. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. It's good to be here. Are you excited for the springtime and this big push of water that's coming our way? Yeah, man. Me and uh, me and Nick were just talking before you hit record. So yeah, and uh, I told you guys to be quiet and yeah, let's so talk about this when we're we hit keeping record. that secret. <laughs> Water's still pretty pushy, but it's going to be good when it it's going to be a down. good year. It's yeah. going to be a good year. When do you think it's going to be on fuego? Um, Depends on the rains, kind of. It was yeah, supposed to rain all it's coming back in. Yeah. yeah, and Hogan, what's your favorite spot on the sack to striper fish? I mean, this favorite spot uh, like between where you GPS uh, lock. Yeah, yeah, between uh, Lake Shasta and San Francisco. Bay. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's coming to Guidebox Direct soon. <laughs> so, Greg and Justin, how are you guys doing? Good. I'm good, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. Appreciate thanks for you, driving man. down. Were you guys yeah. in Grass Valley? No, we're in Sacramento. So I'm in Sac- Roseville. Justin's Roseville. out in Sac. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the okay. hall on the way up. Which okay. Is good, man. Well, that's a good spot uh, location-wise, uh, given what you guys are tr- doing. You know, it's nice and central. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We pull obviously, you know, from the bay, from from the hills, and there's a there's an audience around us, I think, which is you know helpful. Nice. So tell us what what is Guidebox Direct? So Guidebox is at the street level. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a curated kit angled at fly fishing. Um, each box is endorsed by a specific guide for a piece of water in a season. And that's kind of the, I guess the street level view is it's all of the terminal pieces. It's the flies, it's the leader, you know, it's the odds and ends to, you know, basically put the angler on the water with the right tools at the time. And then behind the scenes, I think what we think is a more kind of valuable, valuable component is it's the knowledge and the access of how to go put those tools on the water and really our consumer, our, I guess our customer, in a way is that guy who doesn't really know where to get started. doesn't really know what to do to walk into a shop, walk on the river, uh, maybe been frustrated a handful of times. And this sort of patches those two worlds together. Very cool. And then where, so tell us a bit about your backgrounds, like where you guys, you know, grew up, how long you've been in the, in the game, all that good stuff. Um, this is just professional um, backgrounds, you know, yeah, the whole thing. Um, DNA. I've stool been sample, the, everything. Well, um, we got the stool sample already. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> check. Lots of things you should check. Know. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've been in the clothing and uh, retail industry for almost thirty years now, and uh, that's kind of where I got my start in doing that, and then picking up things from snowboarding and all those other things uh, were sports that I was involved with, and then got into fishing probably about ten or fifteen years ago. Picked it up, started, learned some stuff, kind of got frustrated, walked away from it for a long time. Um, and then picked it back up about three, four years ago, same as you. And, uh, just been kind of like learning and that's kind of what kind of led us to this. But yeah, for me, I own a couple clothing stores back in SAC and done that for a long time. Had some shoe stores, been in retail, done marketing, done graphic design, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of my background. Yeah, was, it, was it buddies that got you in back into it or into it in the first place or how, what? Yeah. Where, so where, where were you fishing? Greg kind of in Sacramento and just on the American there yeah. went yeah. to uh, the fly shop, took a class, learned, you know, learned a little bit, did the whole thing and then had nowhere else to go and no one to <laughs> tell me where to go or what to do. <laughs> and then kind of got lost in it. And then uh, Greg and I met through the retail world. He owned a clothing store back in the day too. And that's kind of how we met. Um, and then we still have uh, 
business relationships in common with other brands and such. And then he was, he's been fishing a little bit longer than I have, well, a lot longer than I have and, uh, picked it up and was like, come on out, let's go out. And I was like, all right, I haven't dug it all out. I remember laying it out, looking at it going, okay, here we go. Cause like snowboarding, things like that, that I've done for years. It's like, I know exactly what I'm doing, know exactly what I need, know exactly where to go, but it was great. Picked it up, uh, pulled it all out and, um, got me back on the river and it's been a blast. Where, where do you go most of the time? Yuba, Truckee, um, Feather, LT. LT, yeah, Little Truckee a lot. Love that, love that spot. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, and it's been good, you know. And that's where kind of said where we kind of found the the gap and the missing thing is I yeah. am one of our best customers. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I need these info. Kind of the foundation kind of, where, of this kind of a thing, right? Yeah, it's that's definitely good. that spot. So. Well, you did a really nice job on on the design work for these boxes, and I know you said you personally worked on these, and and there's been a lot of design consideration put into these, and uh, they look great. And hopefully, we can get some photos, yeah, you know, yeah, when we when we publish this episode. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'm self taught, just like learned it the hard way from needing flyers and things at the yeah. shop and waiting on other graphic designers. And if you've ever done that, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're waiting for a month and then yeah. like the last 10 minutes, they're like, fine, I'll get it to you. And then yeah. you know, they're knocking it out. So just self-taught and learned it. Yeah. And it's know. like the contractor that demos the bathroom and then he gets a more busy job and he's gone for three months and you're exactly. like, I, I guess I'm going to make this toilet happen. So <laughs> it's exactly yeah. how it works. <laughs> So yeah, so just like Justin, I had a, this is Greg, had a pretty similar background. I managed a group of snowboard and skate shops for a long time, for about 12 years, and then opened my own clothing store on the men's contemporary side in Roseville, and um, kind of ran parallel to Justin, his stores, um, similar brand mix, kind of similar customer. Um, and I think Justin and I had a very similar way of looking at the market and the customer that we wanted to kind of work with. So did that for a long time, and then jumped onto the wholesale side, so I'm still currently a rep for kind of a portfolio of brands in the outdoor contemporary world. Um, so do a lot of work in like the Nordstrom and the REI and those kind of independent categories. Um, I manage the sunglass collection for the whole West, um, you know, kind of crosses the divide on those things. But like Justin said, you know, I, I didn't grow up fishing at all. Um, I mean, I think I bait fished or gear fished once or twice when I was a kid. My dad was a musician and that was kind of the path. And, you know, I started surfing, snowboarding, skateboarding, uh, when I was running the shops and that was kind of the, the focus and everyone was doing it. And I decided one day I wanted something that none of my friends could go do with me. And so I was going through <laughs> the grocery store and I saw That's a, fly a sign of maturity magazine. right there. <laughs> old beyond my years, I guess. <laughs> and I was going through the grocery store and I saw a fly fishing magazine. I think I, I don't know, I was probably 16 maybe. I was like, that's it. That's like way too nerdy. Nobody else is going to want to do this. Like, I can attest to that. It's myself. hard to make friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just grabbed him. I'm like, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to figure it out. Um, I didn't know that it would take me like probably 10 years to figure it out mm. loosely. Um, but, you know, I started casting the front yawn with the old fiberglass rod and some reel that had a button that was like motorized, I guess. Fiberglass I is coming back. Man. I, it's, it's hot now, man. Like, we're catching all the trends. I was pre-trend. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was on the lawn casting and learning, going to the park and casting and didn't know anyone who fished, had no clue. And uh, I remember I'd drive to the Yuba and use this thing and try to cast. I think I was casting at like the pylons of the bridge, you know, yeah. like trying to figure it out. <laughs> Love those guys. Yeah. That's me right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I spent a lot of time <laughs> doing that. And I'm pretty sure I want to say from like the first time I stepped foot on the river to catch my first fish was like four years. It was a long time and I spent time, man. Like, wait, did grinding. you just say it four years yeah, like before you caught your first fish? Yeah. I think I want to say from Holy the first shit. time I walked in the water and they like, just kept going. And I'm not saying I went like once a year. I'm saying I went a lot <laughs> 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 and it took me a really long time, man. And I, I know I've always, I've always been really romanticized by like the DIY thing. Like I'm just going to grind this out. I'm not going to ask for help. I'm going to figure it out. You know, I did the same thing when I learned to surf and it was a terrible, it was like horrific how bad it was. Um, and then, you know, it started to kind of click and I started to meet friends at, you know, shops and fish and they helped me kind of cobble together the, you know, the rough pieces, but man, I wasted a whole lot of time, you know, our methodologies are <laughs> don't, completely don't follow different. My path, please don't follow my path. <laughs> it was, you know, it, it seemed cool at the time, but it definitely was a lot of time, Holy a lot of shit. miles, a lot of gas yeah. and a lot of, uh, yeah, wasted equipment. So it was interesting, but you know, like managed to like find a few fish here and there and, and make some friends, you know, with other guys that fish in the industry. And, um, and then Justin and I got together and we've always been good friends and started traveling together and fishing together and camping together. And 
I don't know. I mean, I think he probably looks at me like I know what I'm doing and I look at him like he knows what he's doing and we both kind of like fake it until we make it and get there. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a fun journey, you know, kind of getting to this point. Fish are just a bonus, right? I mean, yeah, it's all yeah, about the it's adventure. All about right? It's all about you know, the adventure. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Four years without a fish. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might have been three. I don't know. It might have been something like It was a long time, you know. It was, <laughs> it was a really Multiple passes. I would have started my own hatchery by then. Yeah, exactly. Probably could have, you know, at the same point. So, you know. That's awesome. So yeah. Well, to walk us through uh, kind of the the genesis of the idea, I guess, like when when did you decide this is going to be a thing? So we, you know, I'd say the genesis of the brand and what we're doing is kind of multi pronged because there's a couple of different inspiration points that we came across on the way, and they all sort of serendipitously came at the same time. And I would say, you know, one of the first ones that sticks out to me is, you know, this is just a couple of years ago, I think a year before last is I fish with my wife, Ashley, a lot. We're on the water all the time and she's by far, I know people say this, a better but she's fish actually woman. a way better fish. She's so good, dude. Um, <laughs> Women pick it up. She, they dude, just, they, do, they learn. They, and they're tenacious. Yeah. You know, they're like about it. Yeah. Um, and we're getting geared up at the, uh, at the little trucky. And it was like just one of those perfect days. It's like, you know, like late spring, early summer day. And just, we know it's been good, but another bunch. And we're gearing up in the uh, little metal parking lot and we're, about to ready to walk down and this guy comes walking off the water and it was, you know, early afternoon and he was like head to toe kitted out like full Patagonia. Like he definitely dropped coin, you know, on the whole kit. And he had a, one of those backpacks as the baby mm. in it, you know, like towers yeah. over him and his wife is walking behind him in street clothes and kind of do the quick, Hey, what's up? And he walks over and kind of does the, Hey, you know, can I ask you guys a, a question? You guys look like, you know what you're doing, which was <laughs> hilarious. I think um, and he's like, I've been out here for five days in a row, you know, and she's walking with me. And I've got the baby and I haven't touched a fish. He's like five. And I, I kind of thought about my kids, okay, but what are four years doing the same thing? Just, when you I know, yeah. Yeah. You take the wife three, aside and say, yeah. Hey, you might want to like, find hey, somebody this new. I did four years now, um, but, uh, but you know, and, and she had that look where she was supportive, but she kind of like dropped the line in there. She's like, this might be the end of this journey, you know, yeah. him. and she, you know, we could tell yeah. that she was being supportive, but he's like, I got to figure this out. You know, what's going on. And so we had, Ash and I had kind of figured out enough over the last couple of seasons to kind of get it semi dialed more or less to kind of roughly know it's working. And so we looked at kind of what he was fishing in his rig and just, it was all kinds of backwards in every kind of way, you know, he gone to the shop up there and they pointed some stuff out and it's not that it was like completely unusable. It just wasn't right. You know, and for a fishery like that, that is pretty specific, pretty intimate. Pressured. You know? Yeah. Pressured. Those fish see a lot of bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I just tell this guy had like no shot of success, right? <laughs> like it just wasn't going to happen. And I flash back to the time I spent and I'm like, you know, this guy probably doesn't have that same luxury of a four year window to figure this out. Like she's going to pull his card and say, you're done with this. Um, and so we, we rigged him and he said he was coming back the next day. And I really hope that he was you know, successful kind of in that day. Um, but just looking at what he had tried to cobble together on his own, obviously being invested in the sport and lifestyle and still struggling that much um, kind of kicked off in our mind that there is this big gap. You know, there's, there's the people at the top who know what's going on and they know how to speak the language. They know how to decode it, you know? Um, and then there's the guys that are just kind of getting into it, the guys and girls getting into it and they don't really have a viable starting point, you know, cause a lot of things just aren't options for them. And at the same time too, gaining that knowledge and going and asking for help is intimidating. Yeah. It's intimidating for me. Like for I'll sure. walk in a surf Absolutely. shop still. And I mean, I, I can maybe surf a little bit. I'm not great by any means, but I still feel weird asking guys at shops like, yo, where do I go? You know, like, where do I paddle out? And they're going to kind of vibe you a bit and not really tell you exactly what's yeah. up. It's kind yeah. of, you know, through a veil. The culture has been to hold those cards pretty close to the chest. It is. You know? Yeah. I think it's getting better, but yeah. Well, you know, you have a limited resource in a way, and you, know, you got a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people looking at the limited resource, and everyone kind of wants to, I think, protect that in some capacity. Uh, but really, the lifeblood of this sport, like anything else, is users and people getting on the water and having success. But more importantly, doing it right from the start. You know, like yeah. making those right etiquette steps, making the you know the right conservation steps. Um, and so that was, I think, one of the big starting points for us was seeing that guy having that conversation realizing that I've had that conversation probably a dozen times that year with other people at different spots, especially at the Yuba, you know, a lot out there. Um, and figuring out if there's an answer for that person, you know, is there an easier path for this? Yeah. And then, you know, one of the things that I like about this is that you've got the guides invested in yeah. it too. So that's why we had Hogan here. Cause I wanted to, you know, kind of pick Hogan's brain. Like what, what appealed to you about this, this um, project and, you know, 
I know that you're you're doing a guide box with. Yeah, them, yeah. Uh, so I, I Greg I asked because that's yeah. Why you're no, here. that's why I'm here. He's <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, now. <laughs> uh, no, I was in the neighborhood. So, uh, no, Greg asked me to do um, the Yuba box, and um, kind of I've known Greg. We've been acquaintances, friends, just kind of for a number of years. We met through an, a mutual friend, Adam Grace, and um. I'd, I'm not a subscriber box guy, but I know they're out there for sure. They show up at my house for yeah. my wife, yeah. and I don't even want to know how <laughs> dog stuff, dude. It's just stuff. like seriously, yeah. and it, yeah. yeah, and um, there, there, there is one. There are boxes that exist in the fly fishing industry, mail order boxes, but they're they're so general that I've kind of laughed at them. Right. You know, like it's like, oh, here's your saltwater box. It's like. Well, there's two oceans and those flies fish in one of them and it's not the one close to me. So um, I I guess I came at it from the point of view of the guide component is what sets it apart and makes it very applicable um, because you're not just selling people product, you're selling them all the background and as Greg said, how to use it. And by having all the back-end content that they've designed, it, it really sets it apart in the sense of it's not just the flies I recommend. It's, hey, this is what you do at this flows. This is what you fish at this. This is why you do this. This is how you set it up. It's it's fairly detailed. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and I do want to walk through the boxes at some point with all the all the little pieces. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff in that box. There's, there's a note on what Hogan was saying about involving the guides that was, you know, important to us out of the gates is – um you know, as, as a user and as, as an angler, um, you kind of look at who knows what's going on on the water, you know, and who's really in touch and who's already out there really like providing the information and, and talking at clubs and being involved from a conservation standpoint. And, you know, we knew it was important for like a new user on the water or maybe lightly experienced or whatever um, to talk to the guide directly, you know, whether it's, you know, through the box, the guide speaking to them. And ideally when they already make that jump for a guided trip is looking and saying, hey, you know, it's Hogan or it's, it's whoever it was that kind of showed me what I was doing. And obviously they're the natural fit, you know, when I do make that next jump up, we wanted the user for this box to, you know, to get the best experience with the guy who's on the water all the time. It can really give them that authentic message of what's working, kind of what to do, how to get started. And then when they are ready to make that jump into a guided trip and really level up that knowledge that that's the guy that, you know, kind of walked them into the sport. That's the guy who kind of showed them the path initially. And that would be kind of the logical fit. Um, so it made sense for us to partner with specific guides on specific pieces of water. And we could have gone the route of having one guy cover all the bases, but we really think it's great to have a variety of perspectives, you know, on different guides and, you know, like different ways of approaching the water, what's important to them. Um, you, each guide has a way of doing things, but also things that are important to them. Um, you know, you might get some guides out there who are gung ho and they're just like trudging through reds and doing whatever they got to do, you know, and, you know, and there's other guys who are maybe, you know, a little more conscious of certain behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of using that guide as the conduit, I guess, to tell the right message. And so when you when you look for a guide partner for these boxes, what what kind of criteria or attributes for that that guide are you looking looking for? Yeah. <laughs> How many beers they can dump. So we um you know that's that's something that Justin and I battle kind of back and forth because you know, launching this in our backyard, it was easy. You know, we had, right. we had like a, a top 20 list and we're like, these are the people that we want on board. Like these are our friends. These are people we respect. These are people we follow. These are people that we watch being participatory, not just as a business of guiding, but they're the ones who are contributing at clubs and sitting on boards and really, you know, guiding the industry as a whole. Um, most importantly on the gates is we want to guides honestly that we could just have a beer with and hang out with and talk about baseball with or whatever it is. Um, and it's not to say there's not a lot of good guides cause there's a lot of great guides out there, but you know, we needed to partner with people that we believed in and that we've had good experiences with. And then the next layer out from that are people that are going to be referred to by those guides. Cause at some point we'll, this thing will expand rapidly outside of our backyard and we won't personally know that person. So we're going to look at our kind of our network of guides and say, mm-hmm. who do you recommend for this zone? Why would they be the right fit for us? Do they believe in the message? You know, mm-hmm. um, cause we've had guides approach us, and you, know, you do a little bit of homework and you realize that it's like, you know, maybe the message gets lost there of what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, maybe it is all business, you know, maybe they're going to protect some information that maybe shouldn't be. And so, you know, that's something we have to keep working on. I think as we expand is, 
making sure that we're keeping quality people that kind of identify with the same mentality you know, on pace with us. Were you going to say something? No. Um, can you kind of walk us through the box? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was going to. Yeah. Actually, Jay, you want to do it? You're so much better. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. All right, so, so we we only have uh, four mics, so they've got to share one hand back, it back and, forth. and forth. That's yep. why it cuts out, folks. So I think you know we probably need to stress also that um, when we talk about being at the genesis of this brand, we are at the genesis of the brand still. You know, so it is mm-hmm. it is new, and so every day we're refining and we're changing, we're adding something. Um, we'll have a great idea, and usually I'll spit this big idea out to Justin and he'll say, whoa, whoa, let's refine this into a, a, a packageable <laughs> thing that actually, you know, works. So, so right now we have basically, you know, two boxes. We have the actual guide box, which is sort of the, the pro model series, if you will, you know, that's the one that has a guide assigned where they own a piece of water and it's issued for each river for each season. And really each of those boxes is available every month of the year. So you can get, you know, a trucky box in January, February, March, April, and so forth. It doesn't mean that's what the subscriber is going to get but it's available to them. And then we knew we needed something also that was a little more general, a little broader base kind of for that person who's even not at that level yet to kind of get access and take a look at it with the right components, with just enough information for them to kind of test the water and see if this is something that's intriguing to them, you know, Um, because we did tuck in quality components and really try to wrap a kind of a unique aesthetic around the whole thing. Um, you know, one's priced at a certain level to accomplish that. And the other one is priced a little bit less just to give a little bit of penetration for that person who doesn't hundred percent know if they're going to really dig into this world. Um, so those are kind of the two levels. And then, and this might be a little too early to set this part off, but because we got the green light yesterday is we're going to do a whole fast focus series with Chuck Reagan too, which is rad. Nice. So it's going to be a whole subset on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. Which cool. is really exciting. Cause it's, it's a whole nother audience that is really dug into this one aspect. And I think, you know, him and his network can curate a really unique perspective and either draw people back who have left it behind or introduce people to a whole other world that doesn't necessarily get celebrated maybe as much as it should. I mean, I had some of the best days of my life bass fishing with yeah. you guys, you know, like yeah. with you and Adam and it was so much yeah. fun. And so to recurate something for that also, um, we've had a lot of calls for an upper tier, more of a comprehensive kind of collection, something someone can buy and gift someone who's getting started. So we'll continually kind of refine, but that is, I guess, the two breakdowns. One being seasonal, accessible, um, a little more general, you know, either as that quick gift type thing. And then the main one, which is obviously very dedicated to someone who wants to go learn it, you know, who wants to get out there and and kind of take it a little more seriously. And from a guide's point of view, it's very detailed. I mean, it is exactly the flies that I say. It is exactly the tippet. It is, I mean, the the back end too, all the online stuff is all my information you know so it is truly a guide box you know yeah talk about the um the membership side of it a bit on the back end because it's not just the box right yeah so it's um i mean our our goal out of the gate is you know we have single boxes available and people can go online they can buy one and basically you know you'll get what comes and that's what the guide is recommending for that season at that time uh, but there is a, a subscriber benefit to get behind sort of this this kind of premium experience where you're going to get you know all of the information, everything from mapping and access points, where literally you can touch it, drive to the spot the guide says to start here and kind of start your journey from there um, into flow data and understanding what that means. Because you, know, you can tell a lot of these guys, we all sort of speak more or less the same language. And you can say, oh yeah, this is flowing 800 CFS and you're going to use this PMD or whatever. And that's still like hieroglyphics to somebody else, you know? Absolutely. So. Yeah, so kind of simplifying it and coding it in a way that the guy or girl who's just kind of getting into this can look at it, digest it, understand, okay, this is the range it should be in. This is the place I should go to. If it fits these criteria, I'm going to go cast at this spot in the way that Hogan or Romney or John Bayaki, whoever's telling me to do this, um, and hopefully enhancing the chance of success, but just cutting out that waste of time kind of in between. Mm-hmm. No more four years. Yeah, trying to take that four-year span down to <laughs> you know something more manageable, more tolerable. It's more of an eight-minute app. I had a lot of free time. Yeah, <laughs> apparently I had a lot of free time. So, what are the boxes that we have in in front of us? What, so, what? so we've got the 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 guide box, which is kind of our flagship. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know the full kind of comprehensive kit, and then the seasonal box, which is spring focused right now. And each box, um, you know, you can go to the site and you can kind of see a whole breakdown of what's inside each box. And we tried to be really thoughtful and kind of considered about what we're putting in on a couple different levels is, you know, we're not trying to pack it. The biggest thing I guess for us is that 
it's not important for us to pack this thing full of unusable stuff, right? Even if it's what about this incense that I see? In, 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 no, I'm just kidding. Say, take it over home with you. I don't know. Can you and, get high from it? Maybe. Okay. You don't know what it's made from. Well, It'd be a surprise, right? right? Good, good call there. So, yeah. So, you know, and, and I'll, I'll talk, touch on that, why that exists in the box too, because, you know, like like we kind of covered is, you know, we're not the only box on the market. There's a dozen of them that we discovered already, you know, that are out there. And there's a couple of guys who, you know, are the big players. Um, and when you get those and we've bought them, we've been customers of those and you open it up and you say, okay, here's 24 of this and here's one of this. Can I use anything in here? No, not necessarily. Maybe one or two of the things I guess I could use them, but are they going to really be functional? And then once you're done with that, like does the experience just stay with the tackle? Is that all fly fishing is, you know? Um, and I think for guys into fly fishing, it definitely becomes more of a lifestyle and becomes more of something you want to identify with in more facets of your life. Um, you know, that's, that's why there's burl on real seats on rods when it could just be plastic. You know, like there's a certain beauty that kind of goes with it, whether we want to admit to it or not. And so we're going to tuck other things in that are interesting, that do have a message and a story. Um, you know, there's a chapstick in there. There's, you know, there's actually a body wash and there's a few unique things hmm. and there's a reason for them all to be in there. And as we dig deeper into it and tell the story, we'll start to say, that's why that fits into this world. That's why there's incense cones in here. That's why there's this other stuff that kind of rounds out the experience, not just from a gear side of things, but from a whole kind of an immersed lifestyle kind of component. Can you guys just kind of like literally go through everything that's in this box? So this is a person driving a Gilligan truck. Yeah. yeah. So we brought uh, Gilligan's box. um, So we can kind of walk you guys through the bits and pieces and kind of what's, what's shown up in each thing. Yeah. Um, So obviously each of the guide boxes is curated by, the guide on the water, right? So we let Gil again, in this case, go through and pick out the top four flies that are performing, right? The things that are in that window working out for him. And we're giving doubles of each one. And so it's not sort of a random bargain bin grab of just what was available at a certain price point. Mm-hmm. We're going through and kind of curating what's working. Um, also with the idea in mind that our user isn't necessarily going to know every stage of a done or every stage of a spinner. And so it doesn't really make a lot of sense to get that specific per se, this is just sort of like the, let's get to the meat and potatoes, what's actually working, what's functioning. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get, you know, the eight flies, basically four patterns, two of each in a segmented cup, um, leader that matches kind of with what's going on, um, handful of stickers, roll a tippet, and then, you know, kind of the assorted, I think the fun things that round out the experience, um, whether that be, you know, the chapsticks or cool little pennants to signify each piece of water. And then the more analog paper pieces in there, for the person who doesn't switch over to digital as easily, you know, with the maps, with how to fish certain pieces of water, um, kind of a breakdown on how to tie knots, you know, how to do all those basic things to get out there and put this all together and start using it. So if, if I were to get this box and it came, it kind of has these nice carves, nice illustrations. I would also have that on my phone access to that on my yeah, phone. Yeah. So one of the coolest things that I really enjoy is we needed a way to connect the, you know, this analog box to this digital side. And we found out of, trying a bunch of different things that the easiest way is a scannable QR code. And that mm-hmm. links back to the river. So on our back end, you know, each river we work with has basically a, a river's dashboard and inside each box is a QR code. So you open up your phone camera, easy as that pointed at it. It'll pop a window saying, open this page, takes you right to that page. And if you're not logged in already, there's a login screen. If you're a subscriber, probably should be, you know, be pre-logged in already, but you can literally scan this thing, takes you there, it explains what's in the box and then starts walking you through, you know, current conditions provided by the guide of what's working CFS, what it should be, what it's at, um, waiting tips, what the bottom structure is like, what to expect when you go out there. And then, you know, all the way into how to configure gear, how to walk through leader assemblies and just, you know, again, reeling it back to that, that person who is still kind of lost at the basics in a lot of ways. Um, so that's kind of how that bridges that gap between the two. And so far what we've found is it's pretty easy and most people can connect the two pretty simply, you know, a couple of years ago, I think most, you know, most phones started putting a QR scanner into the actual camera mm-hmm. instead of an app. Mm-hmm. So you literally just open up your camera like you're going to take a picture, point it at this QR code, and it will populate out the right button to I touch. think a lot of people don't even know that. Yeah, I didn't know, honestly, until like about a year ago. Because <laughs> right. I was like, QR codes, who uses those things? And yeah. I realized that overseas, it's massive. Yeah. And I started seeing them pop up in all the right spaces, you know? I was like, this makes a lot of sense to you know, to pull this in as that way to bridge the gap. And, you know, there's probably more, I guess, sophisticated or prettier ways of doing it. Um, but for, you know, for what our, our person needs is I think it's, it's enough to make that quick connection, you know, and it gets them right siloed into the river they're working with 
um, and write to the information you know that they need. Um, Ten Commandments is that something we could you we I, can read so, off, or do you want to make yeah, that a kind of a surprise? No, no, read off. So, okay. so yeah, I mean, read it all. You know off. it by heart. No, I oh. probably should. <laughs> so, and I think this is you know this is an interesting thing because this was for me. I almost feel like those Ten Commandments are maybe the most important thing that we're doing um, because you know knowing how to fish is one thing, and catching a fish is one thing, and you know the actual action of getting out there and fishing is great and everything. But I can't tell you, and and, and it's funny because I'll tell a story in a second about how I got yelled at um, <laughs> is, you know, I can't tell you how many times you're on the water, either like with a guide or whatever. And you see somebody out there like walking through a red, you know, or you see someone in Justin's case, waiting across the trucky and standing hip to hip, you know, and like casting on top of his line and started nice to realize, work, I'm like, nice for <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. And you, you started to realize like, I was like, man, there's so much of the stuff that I didn't know from an etiquette standpoint or a conservation standpoint. Um, I've been fishing for, I don't know how long now, whatever it is. At least four 18, years. At least four years. <laughs> more. Solid. Yeah, solid four years in the game. Um, no, for 18 years, something like that. And I don't think I really could definitively tell you what a red was or like how to spot a, a spawning fish until maybe three years ago. You know, like mm. how to really get a good idea. And from there, even understanding why you don't target that. You know, so I think, you know, a big piece for us. And again, we could use this space for anything. We could sell it as ad space. You know, you could do all any kinds of things with it. But it's really important for us to introduce these concepts at like the beginning stage for people not just to be successful on the water and catching fish, but how to kind of conduct yourself on the water the right way. So you're not making yeah. those kind of dumb mistakes. You know, like you're not holding fish out of the water for super yeah. long to where their eyes are bulging out. Actually what I got called out on. <laughs> and and these, these, these guide boxes uh, for the folks listening, they're, they're about the size of a cigar box. I would say it's roughly the same thickness. They have the same kind of feel to them. Um, when you open it up, the the uh, Ten Commandments that we're talking about is printed on the inside of the lid, so it's uh, you know conveniently located so that you can read it when you open the lid, which is nice because the lid only opens from one side. Yep. <laughs> so go back to that story. What ha- what happened? So <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll throw out I there. Digress. So, yeah, so I'm sure because he'll be probably excited that I'm telling the story. Um, so there's a message board based out of Sacramento that you know I'm sure people know about and have been active on. I've been active on there for for a long time. And, you know, when you're getting into fly fishing, you're really excited about like, those hero shots. You know, you're like, I got a fish, I'm going to hold it up, mm-hmm. I'm going to show it to the world. And that is like the exciting you know, accomplishment. And I was doing that, just like, check this fish out. And it was just every fish I catch, like, look at this thing. Yeah, you know? I did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and you still do it. And um, I was putting these pictures up, and it, it's okay, I'm sure that I dropped the names. Uh, but I'm posting them, and Ralph Cutter. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think Ralph probably has like a reputation for not being like the most diplomatic in certain situations. Um, yeah. I don't know. Can we cuss on here? No. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he called me a fucking asshole. Like I'm almost positive. You know he did. And I was like, yo, like why are you coming at me so hard? Like, geez, man, like that's intense. And I didn't really realize it at the time that, you know, it was kind of like this like trial by fire thing where I was, wasn't doing it right. Like I was holding this fish up well past when it should have been, you know, like, like no water coming off the fish. It's eyes bulging out. And <laughs> I had no idea. Dry. Like I didn't know, you know, like I didn't know like what to do and what not to do. Cause no one had ever really showed me, you know, yeah. like I didn't have, you know, like my uncle didn't get me into fishing I just kind of figure out on my own. And you know, that information is not really out there either necessarily. Cause I think a lot of, you know, like the journalism and you know, the, the media kind of speaks at a sophisticated level. And so those guys already know not to do those things. I had no idea what to do and what not to do. And so he really like in so many words said, this is what you're doing to this fish. You should be ashamed of yourself. And I was at first like, what a fucking dickhead <laughs> like that, you know? But then I was like, God, man, it like sank in. I was like, that's what that means. And I was like, okay, maybe there's an easier way of telling this to the next person, you know? And yeah. it doesn't need to be like softer necessarily, but if it's bullet pointed and it's straight in front of you and say, this is, you know, how long you should, if you're going to take a fish out of the water, this is how you do it the right way. If you have to do it. Yeah. Um, if you're going to go fish next to another angler, this is how to do it the right way. This is the right amount of space to keep, you know, obviously you don't go stand next to somebody and we make it kind of funny. So it's, you know, you kind of take the humor component and, you know, well, cause everybody's made those mistakes. Everybody it's, has, yeah. man. Yeah. It's like yeah. me on a golf course with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like my old man just yelling at me every step let's, I take. Let's read them. So yeah, read them. number, number one, no reds. Don't step on a red or cast on a spawning fish. Let them love each other in peace. <laughs> I like that. Mm. Number two, don't low hole. Don't low high hole. Don't cast on into another angler space. Egon said it best. Don't cross the streams. It would be bad. <laughs> What's that reference? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. 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 Famous one. 
Keep them wet. Keep fishing or near the water. If you're not dripping, you're slipping. Oh. <laughs> I like that. There's a there's a huge movement for keep them wet. There is right yeah, now, yeah. And, and it's 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 a tough one because and it's just hard when it comes to species every species of fish is different yep. right they have a tolerance that they can take when it comes to water temperature every place you fish has different water temperatures and you have to kind of know these things to know like hey this fish could die if you don't handle it properly right. you know yep. oh yeah for sure and uh and like you said not a lot of people know them and so there's a big push just keep them wet don't even bring them up out of the water and I, I, I don't agree with that i think if you want to take a picture you're more than allowed to yeah, take yeah. a picture you know like that's what it's all about is like an yeah. adventure yeah. Exactly. going yeah. out and having fun if you want that cool shot yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the picture has replaced people's propensity to kill the fish and put in the ice box as a right. trophy yep yep yeah, yeah. i think yeah. i heard you guys talking about that that was a really good yeah. way of kind of approaching it you know which is great yeah. um but i think you know knowing that that that's the goal and now you can say okay here's the goal is to keep them wet here's how you can do it in a format that still mm. gets you what you want which is obviously this killer picture you know um and gives the fish the best chance at mm -hmm. swimming away you know healthy and so going back to the baseline and going back to what you said you know taking a picture of every single fish you know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like that was you know, me man yeah <laughs> yep. you can take like a couple pictures of some fish but the rest like it's just let them go you know let well, them go you got that one shot we've talked about this before and we so the the progression of an angler right we've talked about this many times but basically when you first start out you want to catch as many fish as possible yep. and you want to you know obviously take all the pictures and then it's like well first first start out i want to catch a fish you know some some people can get there in a month some four years, <laughs> four years <laughs> but then it's like journey. but then the progression is now i want to catch as many fish as i can because i kind of figured out how to catch that that first fish and then once you get that, and you kind of start to get bored there. You're now you're like, okay, I want to target the big boys. Trophy hunting, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. progression. I think that people, when they, you know, when you're at next level, he's only going to take photos of you know 51 pound fish that he Monster catches. Stripers. Yeah, and then he's going to not post it for a while. Yep. <laughs> nice work. Nice work. Yeah. That was a nice fish you caught on the Delta. Yeah. <laughs> that that's got to help your your business out like perfect timing spring uh, nick didn't catch spring. that on the river that's right he caught it in cal park <laughs> yeah that's right well it's funny I, Lake Havasu. I, I when i go fishing with buddies like they're they're like standing around me with all these cameras and i'm like no and i like throw the fish back in i don't even want a picture i just like throw it back, <laughs> back in and they're looking at me like what the what did you just do you know like, <laughs> well, you know i think you know, i think a lot of times people you find that self-satisfaction at certain levels yeah. you know and it doesn't become catching the most fish or taking a picture of every single one yeah um you know, just knowing that you got it done is, is satisfying, right. you know, and, yeah. and, and you kind of start looking at things from that angle. Um, so yeah, that's an important one, you know, and I think, um, you know, it definitely is sort of an elite thing, the whole keep it wet thing, but it's a good elite thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good to let people know this is an important part of it. So this next one's number five or number four, right? Is I, I get fired up all the time. I know Chad does. We almost spent the afternoon doing this instead of fishing, uh, but uh, pack it out pack trash out with mm -hmm. you keep your area clean this isn't your dorm room <laughs> i will always try to have if i'm if i'm doing walking away trips especially i always will leave with at least something in you'll my catch net. more yep. fish and i'll also like good if you're if you're yeah, heading down if you're heading down to the spot and you see trash pick it up put it you know when you get back to the trail put it on the trail like leave it on the trail because you're going to go out that way you're gonna collect pick it up out. on your way out yep. and if you don't then maybe somebody else will and, and be like who's the asshole that left this on the trail right but yeah. the point is the trash gets out right yeah exactly and i think um you know i like to think you know that fly fishing guys people that are into fly fishing um have sort of elevated you know so we're picking up like we go to the lt and we're picking up a lot of like natty ice cans and i don't think those are from fly fishermen typically oh there. jordan hammers you never know you know pick up I like some natty ice i'm just gonna <laughs> throw that okay. those um, trucky guys geez, just right? leaving their cans everywhere but yeah you know you go to these rivers and you just see garbage i'm like man like it would be nice if someone just grabbed what you can on the way you know yeah. um obviously don't leave anything behind you know um but grab everything and that's, you know, that segues into something we're trying to accomplish with this box also is trying to get rid of as many single use plastics as we can inside of this thing. I noticed that. Man. And we're really grinding that way. It's hard. You know, there's certain things that you just can't get away from quite yet until we can scale. But that is such a primary goal for us mm -hmm. is even in our own product, getting away from single use. Because mm -hmm. we found some really cool things. They're more expensive and they're harder to obtain. But that's the march we are working towards, you know. So Hogan, that's factors into that. Hogan's big on that. You still carry about fifty gallons of water. In yeah, the yeah. No, I mean, it, it, me and uh, Greg have had conversations about it. You know, it's there's, uh, 
I mean, just single use plastic fly cups like right. half does, you know, now makes cardboard disposable fly boxes that people, fly shops can buy. Like Idlewild was doing at the back in the. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it may seem like trivial stuff, but if you've ever been into like the fly shop in Reading and look at the thousands upon thousands <laughs> of fly clubs sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like those go somewhere at some point. Those, those go somewhere. I mean, they blow Probably out, out to the Delta. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they. I mean, I can't tell you how many I've lost out of a boat or mm-hmm. a right. pickup truck or yep. something. So, so we're scaling that way. You know, we found some really cool things that we're getting sampled on that are, I think, going to solve a lot of those problems. How do we um, solve the homeless problem living on camps along the river and trashing it? Man, we're working on an episode yeah, for that. That would be we're, interesting. We're close because we encountered that, especially at the Yuba, a lot. Yeah, you know? yeah. We're, we're, There's a new encampment set up that's a little difficult. Yeah. To, I was going to mention. Never at the forget end, the Yuba's but, in Yuba County. Yep. Yeah. You know. Yep. But we're working on an episode to kind of talk about that. The uh, one of the guys for the on the homeless committee for um on in Sutter. Oh yeah, and okay. then um and then James Stone's going to come on at some point. They need a community Probably built next month. built somewhere that they can go that's not yeah. on the river. It's not going to trash. There's it. a uh, there's yeah. a there's a video that's going sort of viral that's going around on Facebook right now. Um, Seattle. I forget the name of it. It's about it, Seattle. It's about Seattle, but the yeah. the solution uh, that they're pointing at is in uh, Rhode Island. And gotcha. the case studies in Rhode Island, it's really interesting if you guys... Uh, and that's what you, we're talking about, building a community, right? On the, kind of the outskirts, is that what it... Well, it's... I would classify it as kind of a rehab slash hospital has right. prison, prison almost. Is this Australia that we're talking about? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, but it's, it's actually Did a thing someone that people, find an island? <laughs> the people that are there, um, that are, that are, you know, in, in the facility there, they seem to be, um, on board with the program. That's and cool. Yeah. We need something like that. The, uh, yeah. this, this thing of just, you know, I, I don't want to go on and get in the soapbox and derail. Yeah, this let's thing, so. digress yeah. a little bit. Okay, number five, no nuts. No, I'm sorry, no, yeah, no nuts to butts. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? <laughs> a lot of overnight trips. <laughs> <There's>, uh, <laughs> don't stand right next to another angler, or at least buy us a beer if you're going to get that close. <laughs> nuts to butts. That's pretty good. Yeah, you know, that's, I mean, that's you know, the Justin rule. And, yeah, we were just now writing these things and we we're talking about, you know, how do we how do we make this funny and kind of humorful but convey the message and. You know, are we going to actually, we would, we did a survey to beta testers. And we're like, are these things offensive? Like, is this going to tip the scale? And everyone's like, no, it's fine. But I was so worried that some yeah. people would be like so Puritan when they hear, you know, no nuts to butts. They yeah. freak out about the no. verbiage, you know? One one thing I'm learning is like, just for your brand to kind of pop out, you kind of have to take some risk that way. Yeah, so yeah, I think exactly. it's a good call. Yeah. There's a lot of safety out there. We can step yeah. outside those. Yeah. Uh, number six, don't die. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Be safe. Mm-hmm. Don't wait past your ability. Don't get eaten by a bear. Don't, don't pass f- your belly. Ability. Wade, ability. Oh, ability. I, yeah. I heard the belly. That's don't, a good rule. Don't, don't wait past your that ability. Is, that's and a that's a don't personal wait. one from when I first really got into fly fishing. I was really going gung ho. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went camping foolishly on the Truckee um, for the season opener. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was like negative four degrees at night. Mm-hmm. It's the coldest night of my life. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go get this. And I waited out. I think like chest deep. And it's like chocolate water is oh, pumping. Dude, I don't even know how many CFS. <laughs> and I realized, I was like, this oh, is so God. sketchy. What am I doing? <laughs> I was like, I'm not the only one doing this. You know, so definitely know your limitations and, and be safe out there because yeah. you get out in the wild and you know, it can get. It's like the ocean. You, you never slip. turn your back on the ocean. Exactly. Water will water will mess you up. You slip, hit your head, done. Yep. Gone. The last out, part of done. this I didn't say was don't. Don't fall off a cliff. That so that a friend of mine, they were both hiking up a Deer Creek and mm-hmm. backpacking. And the guy fell off a cliff and he had to get helicoptered out. He was mm-hmm. he ended up being okay, yeah. but I think the pack saved his life. You know, that he, yeah. That he, yeah, when he oh, fell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can take a lot of risks without even knowing that you're taking risks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number seven: be stealthy. Creep, creep up to the water's edge. Cast close at first. You didn't watch 80s ninja movies for nothing to know. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm yeah. butchering this. <laughs> Creep up to the water's edge. Cast close at first. You didn't watch 80s ninja movies for nothing, you know. Yeah, and that obviously was another personal experience one is, is getting excited to run out there, and all of a sudden you're standing in the middle of the river. <laughs> you know, you're like, I just blew all these fish that were like right against the bank. And I probably caught more fish within six inches of the bank than yeah. anywhere else on the river. Yeah. By far, you as know? a guide, I've told you tell people that a lot. Like, oh, hey, man. don't wade past your knees. The yeah. fish are right there. You so know? close. And, man. and sometimes that's you're even too far at that yep. point. Like in high water, obviously, you know. I always give two, three casts right in the right on the edge before yep. I get close. Always, and then yeah. and then step in where you just cast it. It's the easiest fish to catch, and it's the easiest yeah. one to spook. Barbless stands behind this next one. Pinch your barbs. Crush Pinch the barb. Them. Crush the barb on your hook. 
pinch, crush, twist, repeat. Yep. And that's another one that, you know, we, I mean, I've been called out on, you know, on the river by, you know, by rangers and they look at the hooks and they'll pull it through. And, you know, I'm like, I thought I did a good enough job and really I hadn't until I realized not just the pinching part, twisting. but twisting around that shank and yep. really breaking that thing down as much as you can. Um, obviously for the, for the fish's health, but just for your, you know, convenience to get yeah. that, that hook out quickly and let that fish go, you know? Um, and I think, you know, so many hooks still come barbed and it's really hard mm -hmm. to get around that. So making sure, yeah, that you're really just prying down on those things. And also for personal safety, because as yeah. you target bigger fish, you yep. throw bigger hooks. <laughs> and um, I will be pinching every one of my striper flies this year. Oh, Tough to get on, those man. things out of your shoulder. Yeah. I've had to take a four rod out of a guy's back. back. It was. Oh, yep. No, oh, fun. dude, yeah. I've no, thanks. No, I just take one of almost everybody. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, it was a little scary. Yeah, no, blood I, starts squirting. I did, yeah, no. Did, yes. you, did you use the the, um, the line method? Well, so it was in his neck, right? So like, I'm kind of freaking you out. You sucked it out? No, no. I mean, like, <laughs> I knew the bite. line trick, venom? but I'm like, dude, his neck is not a place to like test Push. knowledge. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, I'm gonna watch a YouTube video just to make sure. Well, that, that's about a good the right spot. Step. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, before I yank that thing out of your neck, let me watch a little video. Here. Aorta, <laughs> yeah. four hook, search. He's like, no, no, just pull it out. I'm like, eh. <laughs> let me double check. <laughs> Number nine, be involved. Join Cal Trout, Trout Unlimited, or help out. You know you can spare the five dollars a month. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah it's huge. And um, you know, Justin and I have always been pretty active in mobilizing people for for a variety of causes. And we knew out of the gates that we wanted to, you know, link up with TU, Cal Trout with those guys. And so obviously became business members of TU and all of our guide boxes are gonna come with an annual subscription. Um, and oh, talking to those great. guys, which is killer, yeah. So um, talking to those guys, they're excited about doing this because it is regional you know, each of the, each of the chapters kind of has our captive audience right there. And it's going to be a huge point for us is to mobilize that audience in that area. So if you're subscribing mm -hmm. to gold country box, which is kind of our backyard, you know, you are going to get pushed towards being involved, not just sending a few bucks in, but actually getting out there and doing, you know, stream habitat cleanups and, you know, kind of putting, I guess, boots on the ground. That's awesome. Cool. Number 10, puff, puff, pass, take your knowledge and teach someone new be the Mr. Miyagi to someone's Daniel song. <laughs> that is, you know, kind of the, the wrap up. And that is kind of the, the ethos of why this thing exists is, um, you know, there's a big swell in fly fishing right now where it's kind of coming back and it's cool. You know, a lot of my friends who like skate and snowboard are getting into it and whatnot, but it's very easy for it to tick the other way, mm -hmm. you know, for people to be too secretive and be too protected and have too much of a veil up mm -hmm. to where the next group just kind of says, you know what, this is too complicated, man. I'm over it. You know, we saw it happen already. And in order for, I think for this industry to thrive and for fisheries to thrive and do well, you need educated and etiquette driven participants. And I think it's up to us to kind of share that knowledge. You know, like I fished long enough now and caught enough fish to where I think I'm getting at that like spot where I really enjoy watching someone else have success. And it's mm -hmm. genuinely fun, not just trying to do the cool guy. Like I like watching people catch fish instead thing. <laughs> I still like to, but it's really satisfying watching someone watching that light bulb go off, you know? I agree with 80% of that, but my, my guide name is riverxguide.com. So, <laughs> <laughs> so look me up. So, okay. <laughs> so there's still a few secrets yeah. out there that I want to keep, yeah. you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think, um, you know, a big thing that we'll probably need to convey with this thing is, is, you know, in working with the guides is there was that thought in our mind of, are we giving up too much? You know, should you have to work for this? Is there some secret intel that should be earned? And absolutely there is. You know, you shouldn't be giving up everything out there. This shouldn't be a roadmap to end success. This should be the roadmap to getting started and getting going, you know, and then you take it on from there and branch out, you know, cause we're not asking any guy to divulge like the secret spot or the super secret bug that's doing you know, a certain thing. Um, but just getting people into the sport and kind of getting them connected, mm -hmm. you know, so they don't leave obviously to go off to do something else and then saving kind of that knowledge for them to earn on their own or go through a guide or whatever it is. Yeah. So guides are huge. I mean, even, even anglers that I've seen fish most of their life, you know, you, a guide can go and watch them do something or make a cast or make a mend or something. And they say, Oh, you should try it this way or do it that. And then boom, they catch a fish, you know, and then light bulb goes off in their head, you know, and it's, it's always going to be that it's a lifetime of learning. You yeah. Know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, that's what's great. And this about product it. will never replace a guide experience on any level, mm -hmm. you know, but what it's going to replace is that guy going out there and, walking through a red or, yep. you know, throwing trash or whatever, or, right. you know, kind yeah, of stomp around not it's knowing. A, it's a step in the progression. Exactly. You know, yeah. It's that missing for step someone. for a lot of people. It's mm -hmm. an intimidating missing step. Yeah. I really like it. Um, I've always said on this podcast that um, we need more people, new people in the yep. sport. Um, for me personally, like I wouldn't consider myself like, you know, 
the the guy that's the the huge conservationist and you know leading the charge with any groups per se but um i'm definitely aware of it and that's one of the reasons we started this podcast um i got there um kind of from a very selfish way um you know i wanted to you know i wanted to catch more fish and then as soon as i made the connection with the ecology and the environment and the health of the fishery then i was like oh shit this is important you know and i think that hopefully other people you know, however the, their path to conservationism is, it's like that was mine. And I think that's probably a, a lot of people are that way, I yeah. think. Start from a selfish spot. If it's not in our backyard, we don't yeah. care kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah, even for me, that was a lot of it. Yeah, you know, okay. I'm only three to four years into it as well. Again, yeah. restarting back up and just learning a lot of these things. And from guides to friends and what yeah. they've brought to the table, learning each part of it as we go. So, yeah. Very this cool. makes me think about the regulations. Have you seen the new regs that came out for trout streams above dams? It's a little funky. Have you yeah, seen them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're going to have... We're gonna have uh, what we're, was we're, that side? Come on. Tell me what your thoughts are. You, well, you talk about selfish. I don't fish up there that much, so I didn't really pay much attention. <laughs> but... It's it's basically above anatomy is the, yeah. the main thing. So anything that's not uh, accessible from the delta, it, yeah. i.e. it's dams. Right. And, man, I don't know. I mean, I, I, and it goes bigger picture with this box. It's like, it's the same kind of concept as guides and guys that make their living on the river. There's a, there's a point where like with a box like this or fishing like that, you know, what, what, what puts more people on the river, but at the same time saves the resource and helps mm -hmm. perpetuate your own business. So you like, as a guide, if I don't give up or teach what I know, whether it's this box or online or something like that, and I'm the only boat on the river, there's a parking lot and a shopping mall next to that thing before you know it. Cause no one gives a shit cause they don't use it, you know? So right. Can you watch your language? Yeah, please? I'm sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. No worries. <laughs> um, you know, it's the same thing with regulations and stuff like that. I'm not. I haven't looked a ton at them. You know, I put the meetings in my notebook that are in SAC, and mm -hmm. I'll look at the rules and mm -hmm. you know. But it, I always balance it with, yeah, we'll put more people on the water. Yeah, you know, more people out. That means more people care. That's the state's goal, right? They're yeah, that's what they're trying know, to do with this simplifying and so of I, regulations. I, I look at that and I go. Gosh, you know, you've seen steady decline for 20 years in fishing license sales, yep. you know? This um, is kind of their way to yeah, if bring nobody, that back. Yeah, if nobody cares about our fisheries, nobody protects them. If nobody uses our fisheries, they don't care. You know, so it's mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, man. Like, yep. I'm, I'm just know? worried about spawning fish, to be honest, because <laughs> that's why it's closed down in the first and place. And we'll right? talk about this more, but the, the regs mainly, it's the Saturday preceding Memorial weekend mm -hmm. uh, basically until which is may all the way until february till the end of february is when these trout streams are going to be open and so a lot of people are looking at like well what about these brown trout that spawn in the mm -hmm. fall you know they're just going to get hammered on or, or the reds or whatever it, whatever it might be you know so people are fired up and it's mainly yeah. about their home waters like the stuff that they usually fish quite a bit of maybe if like wild and scenic is is left out of that that would be good yeah. I, I would say the issue those guys have to ask themselves is it, at what point when you see a complete steady decline in fishing license sales, when do you pull the fire alarm, fire alarm and run that risk? Yeah. Like there's not enough people on the rivers in a lot of places to step up and protect them when they are open now. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think with the fishing license, right? The fishing license is perceived value. And right now, if I buy my fishing license in November of 2019, it's good until December of 2019. That's a big one. That's a big fucking problem. Yeah, I, it I needs would to run for yeah. a, not, the not the not calendar, calendar, calendar year, yeah. but 12 it's like months. A license, it should obviously match. Yeah, that's yeah. a perceived yeah. value. Like I don't know if 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 they're really trying to do this new these new regs just because of the perceived value of the of the licenses is the issue. Yeah, I think there's other ways, smarter ways to address it. And if it's an IT issue. Which it probably sounds like it is because they haven't done this yet. It's just Chad too Alderson. obvious. Chad Alderson's um, here to solve it. <laughs> right. Well, if it's an IT issue, that's a pretty sad, sad case to yeah. have to, you know, put the fish's spawning grounds in 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 the way of an IT issue. 
Um, I don't know. We're, it, for those that we have listeners outside of California, but we're talking about California regulations being simplified. But if you guys want to go to the fishing game website, there's a place that you can make comments and, yeah, and leave your public leave, comment, leave your notes and talk about what stream you're concerned about or what your concerns are or what you like about it. I mean, that that's, that's what this is for. They're going to, they're going to listen to us. And, and we're going to, we're going to, we've, we're trying to get a hold of Roger Bloom to get him back on to talk about he's this probably, very He's probably busy answering subject. emails. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, hoping to get him back on to answer these questions because we've got quite a few ourselves. And um, before he comes on, we will reach out to you guys um, and ask for your questions so that we can kind of seed that episode and get everything out there as much as we can. Greg's sitting here chomping well, at the bit to say I something. I think there's an kind of interesting connection here. Um, because you, know, you have these regulation changes that impact fisheries and, and when you can fish, right? And who's telling that to the person who doesn't know, you know, like, how's that being conveyed? And I, I don't know how the saying goes, like, just because it's legal doesn't make it right. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, you can legally fish hood all year, right? Like you can legally do it. Yeah. But like, should you do it in what, December, January, February, you know? Like, yeah. So who's, who's instructing that person? Like, yeah, it might be open, but here's what you need to watch out for. Yeah. This is how yeah. you should attack this fishery, yeah. or this is when you should stay away. And you know, right now, I don't know how that knowledge is really getting to that user. Yeah. All the social way. social yeah. media is playing a big part in yeah. policing yeah. it. You know, yeah. like you see somebody with a fish, yeah, I wanna, they're going to get hammered on big time. Yeah, right? I want to. If they do this, they go through with this. I want to know what their communication strategy is. Are they going to put up more signs? All this other yeah. stuff. You know, hey, what's a red look like? Signage, all these things. Signage right? is going to be a big one. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that's kind of what like what Greg was saying about his product is like, and as he's saying is just because something you know. It's legal to fish all summer, but certain waters get too hot. Yeah, like you, yep. you know. Yep, that's a big one. You know, just, yeah, just because fishing's yeah. open doesn't mean that it's okay. That it's okay, yeah. and we yeah. all know that, and we've been you know doing this for long enough that we know that for sure. But I go back to like my barber last night, you know, and he wants to go fish, and he has no idea that there's a temperature threshold that's healthy for trout. <laughs> yeah. You know, so he's gonna go, and it's gonna be warm and sunny and beautiful, and you know, the water might be. 68 degrees or what do you mean dude it swam yeah, off it's great it's amazing <laughs> you know and so there's really nobody you know, telling that guy kind of like the right and wrong way to yeah. kind of go about mm-hmm. things even if you are still on the right side of the law so yeah you know, i guess you know conveying that to the end user is is important for us for sure and i think important for for the state yeah yeah and for the new pe- new person that might be on the river this year for the first time don't be afraid to go up and ask somebody that looks like they know what they're doing you know for for tips um might inspire i brand. think I think yeah. eight out of ten guys are probably going to be pretty open with their info. Yep. There's yeah. a, you're going to get the two that won't, but right. you can usually tell those by look, though. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. can spot that guy. Exactly. <laughs> if they keep looking over at you but not talking to you, just or if they just avoid going. eye contact. That yeah. was my biggest yeah. takeaway. I think I maybe I've said this already. Biggest takeaway from the show, the, the fly fishing show. Down, yeah. Down. There were so many people walking around not. You know, communi- engaging, engaging. <laughs> just walking around. You're, and at a, you're at a convention. You have the <laughs> you like the best knowledge in in the state. Like in that one little tiny yeah. big room, but so walk up they, and say they, they were giving stuff up too, man. This one guy told, was yeah. telling you where to source your guides and all this crazy stuff. Was, oh no, not, dude! Like not I fishing play, guides, but the guides that go on the I don't know what it's called the feral. No, oh yeah, no, I called? play games, dude. Like when we're working in a booth, like we'll start the candy jar like right out front, and there is a point as you move the candy jar farther into the booth <laughs> that they won't go they won't come in. is that why maybe that's why one of our hats got stolen totally you had it further, way too way close too to the aisle dude. Yeah. <laughs> way too close that's to hilarious. the that's like the zoo <laughs> yeah i think people like to talk to each other out there you know and like to communicate yeah. oh heck I think people yeah really like yeah. to share and yeah you know it can feel standoffish at times and so yeah. you know there's a way to break those barriers down yeah there's a social element of fishing that is not you know that is missing and it's one reason, you know, I remember back, and Nick probably remembers this, when um, there was a big debate about the whitewater flows on the North Fork, and they were trying to, you know, the pulse flows, mm-hmm. and they were trying to rally the fly fishing community, and we didn't stand a chance against the whitewater community. Right, yeah. Because, and one guy told me, I couldn't even remember who it was that said it, but he's like, fly fishing will never go up against the whitewater community because the whitewater community the whole activity is done together. Mm-hmm. There is a community because of the way that the activity is done. Fly fishing, you do on your own. And how do you get people unified that participate in a singular activity mm-hmm. alone? It's really hard. And, you know, there probably needs to be more 
of a unifying idea, but you know, talking to the boat ramp and talking to people, it's usually pretty welcome. I think, I mean, that's one of the good things about social media. There's plenty of bad, but there's one of the good things about social media. If it's, if it's, if that tool's wielded properly, um, you can put groups together. Totally. You can, you know, start hashtag campaigns. There's all kinds of cool stuff that way. There's also a lot of shitty stuff, but you know, everybody knows that side of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We got off, we got off subject a little bit. Yeah. No, it's good, man. Are you one thing about the box I always thought was cool is the online component. Is there any way have you thought about any way for users of the box to interact online? Yes. So that's yeah. yeah, that's something that we're, you know, we're digging into and developing and and trying to figure out what that means for yeah. people, you know, whether it's kind of like curating, you know, kind of like like a portfolio of their experiences and yeah. choosing whether or not they want to share them with each other mm-hmm. on different levels. And so we're definitely kind of, you know, in kind of entertaining the concept there on how to do that the right way and letting people yeah. interact with one another. Or just track their own progress, you know, yeah. kind of mark things, what's worked in the past. And totally, you know, there's so many great tools available right now that you can kind of cobble together to make that experience for people. And yeah. I think that's a huge push is, you know, people, people want to remember what worked and you know, how much fun they had yeah. in the past. And then a lot of people, they want to share that with each other. So that's definitely something that is on our minds. And because you know, there was a heyday, as you said, when the message board was like popping. the deal, right. Yep. And yep. like, you know, it, it it has like social media, it's good and bad things, but in something like that, where the audience is so focused and so tailored to people, they're there, they bought the box, they're invested. Like, Hey, yeah. how'd that share go? How'd, I, yeah. Obviously that works for us, you know, totally. I, I've so got a great. fun idea for your, for the box. Yeah. Okay, I'll say it on air after. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll say it now. Yeah. So like every 10th box you send out, there's a sever. There's like a bar- Barbie doll head that's yep. cut with stage blood on it. You know that movie? What's the movie? Yeah, uh, uh, movie yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then inside there, yes. I don't know. Maybe there's another fly, bonus fly or something. Yeah. <laughs> What's in the right bonus? after you scare the crap out yeah. of them? They freak out of it. Yep. All right. We probably not. integrate that in. Um, I think it's a good idea though, because this is already like a culture, you know, that you guys are creating, yeah, yeah, and it's gonna, cool. it's gonna be, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, it's I like cool. it. Yeah, guys, anybody sure. listening should. Go check it out. Where do they check it out at? So, so this is the other kind of angle with this, with this project is it's, you know, in one capacity, it's, it's a direct business where the consumer can obviously interact with us directly, but this is also a product that's going to be available at wholesale fly shops. And we are like, Justin and I talked about at the start, we are retail guys. You know, we just owns his own stores. I own a store. I wholesale products into retail in a variety of brick and mortar spaces. And, you know, retail really is still a huge, important backbone for us, not just from a, the ability to go purchase things and touch them, just from like that clubhouse Social kind of mentality, you know, aspect. it's really important, you know, yeah. and I think, um, you know, for us, there's so many subscription boxes that not just omit the retailer, but kind of diss them in a way you're like, oh, you don't need those guys, you know, they're, yeah. they're not important or whatever. Yeah. Like we're here to fix what's broken or whatever it is, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and from the get go, it was important for us to make sure that this thing was staged to be a direct thing so we have that conversation, but also to be available at retail with the right partners. Mm-hmm. And so this thing is going to be something you can walk into the right shops, like key pinnacle stores and have that experience at the store. Um, you know, especially if you're traveling, I think it's huge. If you're traveling anywhere and you want to come hit a fly shop, get a box. Yeah, works, that's you know? huge. Yeah. Which is a gigantic component. Cause I've been in that spot, you mm-hmm. know, going to the outdoor retailer show in salt Lake, going to fish the middle Provo and trying to figure out what can I grab and go out there really quick. Um, you know, so making it a, a good piece of a retailer's mix at pinnacle stores, but also so consumers can know that we're in there for a reason that we obviously believe in how they talk to customers, the product mixes they carry um, that our heads are in the same spaces. So it's easy to be a direct business these days, but it's more important to us, I guess, to make sure we're invested in all capacities, you know, from the guide to the retail shop, to us, to conservation and kind of make it a full circle effort. And, from a, and Nick will know this too, like from working in a fly shop, for a fly shop employee, it's a great product because most of the time somebody comes in and says, oh, I want to go here and fish. And you walk over here, you grab like a couple of these. And put your own box, you know, putting your own box. You're going to put your own bi- guide box time, together you know? and just yeah. hand them this pile of stuff. Right. And then you're going to scribble down on a sheet of paper where to go. Yep. I mean, I remember years, your generation, you get out the Delorme Atlas map. Yep. You're like, okay, you got to go here. And then, okay, let me show you how to tie this. Let me draw it on a piece of paper. Like yep. you're basically making the ghetto guide box like yep. at the counter in the fly shop. Whereas a lot of times too, and Nick can attest to this too, like somebody will come in and be like, in my mind, I'm like, dude, I never even been there. I've never <laughs> yeah. even fished there. Yep. 
I'm going to well, take a guess in the I'm going to be like, yeah. dude, uh, Prince name's going to crush <laughs> yeah. it. It's going to get the job done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Crush it, <laughs> so, so if you got something like that, it's like, it's perfect. It's yeah. re- You're going to win a customer too. Like you're doing exactly. your customer service. And, and when you we, approached me the idea, I was like, yeah, pairing the retail outlets too, this is huge. Yeah, and if we do our jobs right with this thing and you know we get this guy in, they have success, whatever, you know, they're going to need to go somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To buy those flies, they're going to need somewhere to continue that journey on. You know, and at some point, you know, the customer will attrition away from us. You know, they'll they'll kind of outgrow it, and that's totally fine. Um, But it's important for us, obviously, that they don't leave too early. Like I said, to get into another hobby or whatever, Um, we're trying to cultivate that 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 person into it early on, so that there is a customer continually going to the fly shop. So there is a business model there. Yeah. Very cool. What else? Oh, go. No, I was just, you were going to say something. How do, how do, how do we get it? How do we, how do so, we get it? Oh yeah, that's yeah, a good, so, that's a good, good question. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, the million dollar question, right? Um, so it is available right now through us directly, um, sort of in a limited format. And we have people who, it seems like every time we have a guide post about it, then we get an influx of subscribers. Mm-hmm. And like I was telling you guys before, our, our current subscribers um, have sort of been like impromptu beta testers at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think they expected that, but um Justin and I love talking to people. And so we're, you know, we put little notes and saying, Hey, this thing is new. Please poke holes in it. You know, tell us what's going on. You know, tell us what we're missing on. What are you having trouble with? But you can get it from us directly on guideboxdirect.com. Um, you'll definitely start seeing it pop up at not just fly shops, but other lifestyle stores that are complimentary in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Cause obviously we lead lives outside just fly fishing mm-hmm. also. Um, so right now the easiest way is through us, but your fly shop should have it soon. You know, also. Cool. Are, are you guys on board to do maybe a giveaway for one of these yeah, yeah. these guide boxes Dude, for the Yuba? Yeah, we're gonna do maybe yeah. maybe have uh, Hogan scrawl his his signature on the, his on the outside. Cards. Yeah, I'll sign my baseball yeah. card. Yeah. I'll throw <laughs> some, I'll throw some stuff in there too. Yeah, nice. yeah, we'll definitely do giveaways and partnerships yeah. and all that stuff. We're very down to get these things out through the right channels, um, but also making sure that they're available for channels for clubs for like Cast Hope and you know things like yeah. that. And, and doing ones. It's that a great product component. for a club for a fish out. Yep, you know. Hey, we're doing a fish out on the yeah. Uba. All right, here's everybody's box. Yeah, yeah. because we are so kind of nimble as we can build them and you mm-hmm. know, kind of curate them for certain experiences. So mm-hmm. it's easy for us to do that. Uh, but yeah, direct is probably the fastest way for now. Cool. So Cool. Sweet. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, guys. Show. Thanks thank for you. having us, man. It's been fun. Rapping with us. Thank you. <laughs> if you guys like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and Google Play. Um, what else, Nick? Oh, we got hats, but they're not for sale yet. We're still kind of like scrambling to get the site the the e-commerce side of the site done which will be fairly soon i heard two weeks um today i heard that today um i'm not going to put a date on that it's two <laughs> weeks in the future you don't know when um, this is posting so yeah, two weeks you know is. software <laughs> good times but uh yeah we'll have hats out pretty soon um we've got a, a ton of people asking for them so i'm glad we ordered as many as we did nick no it's, it's awesome <laughs> yeah they turned out really nice um go support really cast good. go support cast, cast hope, hope. The kids, yep, yep. the join, kids out there. Join Cal Trout, your, maybe TU, your local TU yeah. chapter. Trout Unlimited, Cal Trout. Make sure you rate us on uh, iTunes or NorCal whatever. Guides. Yep. Whatever you're fancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it. That's all I got, man. Cool. You good? All yep. Right. Thanks for listening. Tight lines, everyone. This podcast would not be possible without support from our sponsors, Fish Bio and Amp.Bill. Fishbio is a consulting firm that offers a fresh approach to fishery science. They specialize in fish research, monitoring, and conservation with innovative uses of technology and communication. From their offices in Chico, Oakdale, and Santa Cruz, California, to Vienchen, Laos, Fishbio is committed to solving natural resource challenges locally and globally. Learn more at www.fishbio.com. And Amp.Bill. Amp is a software design and engineering shop located in Chico, California. Amp creates beautiful apps for mobile and desktop devices, wearables, and the Internet of Things. Amp develops native, web, and hybrid apps on a variety of platforms. Chad, who co-hosts this podcast, is the agency's founder. Learn more at www.amp.bill.